0: If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of of Isaiah. I miss you guys Sunday. I went online and listened to that good preaching by Brother Travis Morgan up here. Amen. And y'all hung in there waiting for an hour and 10 minutes. He preached a long time on Sunday. Hour and 10 minutes and y'all griping at 25 at me. I can see you looking at your watches and all kinds of things. I'm like, man, this ain't right. Y'all had good, I loved, how'd you like those testimonies during the song, uh, during the songs? Wasn't that awesome? Uh, everything about the service was so wonderful. And uh, Elizabeth and I, the first lady and I was just, uh, just saying how we wish uh, we were here. Uh, we miss it when we're not here, but we had wonderful service. Most of you won't know who Pastor King is. He was our youth pastor about 20 years ago or more than that, maybe 22, 23 years ago, our youth pastor for a few years. And um, we were there doing the church's 100th year anniversary and his 20th year anniversary with the church. And uh, what a great time we have, what a great church uh, Pastor King has in uh, Defuniac Springs uh, here in Florida. And uh, so we were there doing that, but we miss being here in the house of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 9, in verse number 7, the word of the Lord says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment. Everyone say judgment. That word there, as used many times throughout the Old Testament, actually means law or legislation. Not judgment as judging you, but judgment as in placing law and order. And so his word says, upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice. From henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We've been teaching on the kingdom of God for the last few months. Uh, on and off, not consecutively, talking about the kingdom of God. And tonight, I want to speak to us for a few minutes on the laws of the kingdom. If there is a kingdom, there is laws. And if you're going to be a part of that kingdom, you have to obey those laws or suffer the consequences of the disobedience of those laws. I want to tell you before we pray or before we see that that it is because of the laws in the kingdom of God that the church has remained so stable in a time of chaos and confusion in the world. The reason why we're able just to keep marching And going forward and staying focused is because we are governed by a set of laws in the kingdom. And we don't deviate from those laws. Amen. Father, I pray that you touch our minds tonight and our hearts. Let us hear the word of the Lord. Speak to us as the church. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. You can be seated. pastor is going to try to stay calm and teach trying to let my voice uh, rest a little and heal completely and um, so we're going to actually try to teach tonight uh, if that's okay with everybody else so we have been studying about the kingdom of God we learned that a kingdom is an area, a place that is ruled by a king. It's what produces a kingdom. It is a ruler, someone that oversees, that has put a set of laws into place in which the kingdom is governed. And as long as you are within the boundaries of that kingdom, you are expected to obey those laws. Isaiah 66 and 1 says, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house? that ye build unto me and where is the place of my rest even though we understand that jesus christ came to this earth and established the kingdom of heaven upon this earth and we understand that there is a kingdom within the kingdom so What I mean by that is that God created the heavens and the earth. That means all of the heavens and the earth is His kingdom. There's nothing made or ever has been made or ever will be made that does not fall under the kingdom or the ruleship of God. When the Lord said to Adam, Take of that tree and you shall surely die. He was speaking a law which existed for all of the universe. And that is, if you sin, you shall surely die. We know that the word of the Lord tells us that the fruit of sin, or the conclusion of sin, or when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. That law resides upon all of the external kingdom of God. But God has created a sub-kingdom, if you please. A kingdom within His kingdom. It is in that kingdom that if you will enter, He will destroy the pain of death. When you enter in into the kingdom of Christ, into the kingdom of God, which has been established here upon this earth. We enter in through, not by uh, in this kingdom being born. You are born into the overall kingdom of God, but you must be born again in order to enter into the kingdom of Christ that has been established by His blood. And when we are born again of the water and of the Spirit, we enter into this kingdom called the kingdom of God, established here upon the earth. Its kingdom is certainly ruled by all that has been created. But within the kingdom of Christ is freedom and peace and power, and healing, and deliverance, and provision, and joy. Oh, let's clap our hands to the Lord. So we are born again with the new birth. There's only one way, admission to the kingdom of Christ. Jesus tells us we must repent. He also tells us, Through his word that we must be baptized in water and filled with his spirit. When asked of Peter and the rest of the brethren what shall we do. They told them you must repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is how we enter into the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom that we're talking about tonight. We are not speaking about the overall, although the sentence of death certainly abides there. And if we do not repent and make our way into the kingdom of Christ, we will surely die. We learned in studying about the kingdom that it is first the kingdom. Everybody say first the kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things shall be added unto us. It is not about my pleasure. It is not about my entertainment. It is not about my popularity. It is not about my likes or my dislikes or my comfort, or my discomfort, or my will, or my way, or my plan. It is about the kingdom of God. When we enter into this kingdom, everything becomes about the kingdom. We must be willing to surrender Our goals, our ambitions, our desires, our hopes, our wants, our lusts, everything about us must be surrendered to the kingdom. And the kingdom must become first. But the Lord gives us a promise. If you'll put my kingdom first, everything you've ever desired, everything you could ever want, everything that you could ever have. He said that will bring pleasure to you. I will make sure that you get it right here upon this earth and in the life to come. Somebody shout amen. Living in the kingdom of God. Romans chapter fourteen and verse seven. For of for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. There is nothing that we can do better for ourselves and our families than to completely and totally thrust ourselves into the kingdom of God. Because as I said earlier, when the world is in chaos, you and I will still have peace. When the world is in sorrow, you and I will still have joy. When the world is devastated, God will keep us together because we are in the kingdom and He's going to use the kingdom to reach this world in the last days. And you say amen. Now, a lot of people want to be in the kingdom and not have any rules or regulations. In fact, without really getting into it tonight, uh, the religious world has sort of thrown out all of these things that God governs His people by. That is the reason why, for most parts, religion is just a social gathering. But it's not, and it was never meant to be. It was never about you and I just coming together and enjoying one another's company. Although, thank God, that is a byproduct. It was never about you and I just coming together and finding new friends and meeting new people to enjoy life with. Although, that is a wonderful byproduct of the kingdom. But the kingdom has always been about Raising up an army for the living God. Putting together a force that will drive back darkness. And drive out demonic powers in the lives of men and women in this world. When we come together, we come together to get instructions. We come together to receive our battle plans, if you please. We come together to tend to our wounded. Pray for one another. Uplift one another. Strengthen one another. Encourage one another. Lock arms with one another. But when we leave from here, we leave as an army of the living God, marching into a world uh, that is lost and dying without Him, bringing a gospel that will drive back any force. We preached that a couple of service ago, the power of the gospel. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can stand before it. Nothing can hinder it. When you open your mouth, With the gospel of the kingdom, there is no devil that can resist. No force that can stand against the glory of the gospel. You know I'm telling you the truth. The gospel found some of you when you were in darkness. It found you when your families were in shamble. It found you when your life was in pieces. He found you. You weren't worth anything. I wasn't worth anything. I was not worth saving. But the love of the kingdom saw in us something nobody, not even ourselves, could see. And God reached into our life and brought something out of us. Now look at you today. Look where you are. You're no longer a wife beater. You're no longer an incestor. You're no longer a drunkard. You're no longer an alcoholic. You're no longer a drug addict. You're no longer a sinner. You are a child of the kingdom of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Whoo. I'm sorry. I just get excited about this stuff. A kingdom. Like any nation today. Cannot function without laws and order. You cannot have safety in your streets. Without law and order. I know that's a sensitive subject today, but. That's just the way it is. I cannot imagine living in West Palm Beach without a police force. Can you? You cannot function without law and order. God understands that. There must be a standard of conduct for the subjects and citizens of a kingdom. If there is not a standard of conduct, there will be chaos and confusion. And people by nature will take advantage of one another and abuse one another. There's got to be something that is expected of me and expected of you that when I step out of that realm, everybody around me knows I'm wrong. It's what keeps us There and say, without an understood standard enforced by a sovereign ruler, everyone would act according to his own will, his own whim, his own conduct, their own desire. And nothing good or worthwhile will come out of it. Judges 21 and 25 says in those days there was no king in Israel and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And I've got a question for you, Israel. How did that work out for you? When people start doing with their own choices and own desires. And everybody has their own set of rules. And their own imagination and their own way about things. uh, You will not have any kind of cohesiveness at all in the body. And the adversary will be able to come in and bring division like you have never seen. But like Paul the Apostle said. When we all speak the same thing. When we all say the same thing when we all believe the same thing, when we all walk in the same faith and we serve the same God and we walk under the same rules and the set of judgments in the kingdom, there is no force that can come against us. We will stand and we will stand strong. The kingdom of God is no different God is not the author of confusion, the word of the Lord says in 1 Corinthians 14 and 33. When he showed up, he started putting things in order. Matthew 4 and 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Matthew chapter 19 verses 16 through 18, when Jesus was asked what one must do to have eternal life, his response was simple. If you want to enter into eternal life, keep the commandments. Matthew 19 and 18 he saith unto him which which Jesus said thou shalt do no murder thou shalt not commit adultery thou shalt not steal thou shalt not bear false witness honor thy father and thy mother and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself he was quoting the ten commandments but he went on Matthew 5 and 17 stay with me a little while think not that I've come to destroy Destroy The law or the prophets I am not come to destroy But to fulfill For verily I say unto you Till heaven and earth shall pass Not one jot Not one tittle Shall in no wise pass From the law Till all be fulfilled Whosoever therefore shall break One of the least commandments And shall teach men so He shall be called the least In the kingdom of heaven But whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven why? because the kingdom of God is established with judgment it is established with law nobody understands God's nature better than him he walked in the flesh or he understands man's nature excuse me nobody understands that better than God he came amongst us he knows our frailty the very first man he ever created the very first woman he ever created before sin had ever entered in before man's nature had fallen man still fell And broke the law. God understood more then than ever. The importance of the kingdom. Being ruled. And being settled. By the word of God. It wasn't but a generation later. Where one son was killing another. It wasn't but a short time. Where sin had completely compassed the entire world. And God understood. There must be. There has to be. There's got to be to be a law he went on to say in verses 20 through 48 without reading them that thou, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. First be reconciled to thy brother, then offer thy gift. That whosoever looketh upon a woman and lusteth after her hath committed adultery within his heart already. If thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. If your right hand offend thee, cut it off. That whosoever shall put away his wife, saving the cause of fornication, committeth, causeth her to commit adultery. Swear or not but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek turn to him the other whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile go with him twain love your enemies own and own and own and own why the law God why the law I'll tell you because only the law of God can conquer your flesh You cannot live for God without the law of God abiding in your heart and living in your life. You cannot frivolously live for Jesus, praise His name on Sunday, and live like a devil Monday through Saturday. There must be obedience and law abiding within you or your flesh will destroy your soul. you see what it is that we fail sometimes to understand and what the religious world has done to what God has created so perfectly upon this kingdom is that they have done away with the law and they have said all you've got to do is just confess him just say you love him and everything is okay how you live or what you do doesn't matter but God has a higher law he has a higher understanding he understands that grace alone will not Keep you to the end. No, oh, no, it won't. Paul the Apostle James said, You say you got faith. Show me your faith by your works. Show me your faith by your obedience to God's law. And if I don't see obedience to God's law in your life, then your faith is dead. Don't you understand? It is the grace of God that brings you to the law. It is the grace of God that gets you in the kingdom. Without grace, we cannot be saved. We cannot even enter in. We cannot even get there. Grace brings me in. But grace doesn't stop there. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 and verse 12 tells us. For the grace of God, which does what? on scholars teaches us for the grace of god everybody say teaches us say teaches us for the grace of god teaches us how to live godly and soberly in an ungodly world so what is grace Grace introduces you and me to the law of the kingdom. And the law of the kingdom begins to change our life. And we begin to walk according to the Spirit. Why? So that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How do we know what the lust of the flesh is? The law tells us. The law tells us. The law tells us. us. What the lust of the flesh is. Love him for a moment. I just can't do it. This whole thing started with law and order. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. (coughs) Excuse me. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the word of the Lord says. The spirit of God moved upon the face of waters. God brought order to chaos. It's the first thing he did. And then in verse 2, 15, and the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. And he dressed it to keep it. And the Lord God commanded. Because without law. There's got to be obedience, people. We have got to learn to subject ourselves to the law of God if we are ever going to be profitable if we are ever truly going to be used in the kingdom of god we must learn to subject ourselves to the law of god the law is not put there to put us in bondage it is put there to give us freedom The law is no different than you building a fence around your yard on a busy highway so that your two and three-year-old child can run around in the yard and you don't have to worry about them going out in the street and being killed by the cars rushing down the road that fence may appear to be bondage to someone else but to the person in the house that rules the home it's freedom to their children to allow them to roam anywhere in the yard that they want to go you can eat any tree you want to eat but you can't eat that one Adam it's not called bondage it's called freedom it's called freedom Imagine this. He said of any tree, but not that one. This was paradise. And you you want to ask the question, you mean I'm not free even in paradise? No, it is the command of God that gave you truth freedom It is the fact that there are fences in God's word and in God's ways that govern us and teach us where to go and how, what to do and what not to do, and how to act and to behave, and and how to love one another and cherish one another, how to live and uh, live appropriately, and how to treat humanity, and how to present the gospel to a world uh, that is lost and dying. That is what gives you and I freedom. You know when we when we have Had what we call freedom when we had what we call freedom where there were no laws in our life where did we end up come on be honest with the little boy right here we ended up on drugs we ended up on alcohol we ended up in divorce court we ended up in all other all kinds of places with all kinds of horrible terrible things going on and we called that freedom no you did not have freedom until God walked into your life and built fences and said This is where you abide. This is your yard. This is where you stay. Why? Because in these boundaries you will have joy. In these boundaries you will have peace. In these boundaries you will have healing. In these boundaries you will be provided for. In these boundaries you will feel my love. In these boundaries you have freedom. I have never been, listen, I have never had more rules in my life until I got into the kingdom. But I have never been more free until I got into the kingdom. Every rule doesn't bind me, it looses me. It defines my boundaries. I know where I'm safe, where my family is safe. My God have mercy. Oh, we need to get a hold of this. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. In John 14 and 15, verse 21 of that chapter, he said, he that hath, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I love him and will manifest myself unto him. So the laws of the kingdom. Apostle James calls it the royal law, the kingly law, the law from a king. James 2 and 8 says, if you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He said, you do well. It's plain from scripture that willful rebellion against god's standard of righteousness will keep a man out of the kingdom galatians 5 and 19 now the works of the flesh are manifested are these adultery fornication uncleanness lasciviousness, idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations wrath strife seditions heresies envies murders drunkenness revelings and revilings and such like paul said and anything that resembles it of the which I tell you before as I have also told you in time past they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God Paul said it like this in 6 and 9 know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God be not deceived that neither fornicators idolaters adulterers offendment abusers of themselves of mankind nor thieves covenants nor drunkards nor revilers or extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God for this you know Ephesians 5 and 5 that no harmonger unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ Revelation tells us in 21 and 8 and in 22 and 15 that these things will not enter into the kingdom of God you cannot take these things You don't have the power. You don't have the ability. You can't do it. Jesus said that every evil thought, every evil word, every evil deed comes from within. These things named of the flesh dwell in you. They abide in your humanity and none of these things will enter into the kingdom of God how do I get these things out of my life Paul David said how does a young man cleanse his way except by thy word oh God read through the words hundreds of scriptures that talk to us about the power of the law of God when I put into my heart the law of God that says. Thou shalt not commit adultery It destroys the power That abides in my flesh Called adultery When I put in my heart Thou shalt not steal It, uh, it destroys the power In my life That wants to go out And, uh, and be a thief you don't, have, you don't have to be trained to steal You know I can remember when I was five years old We'd walk into Manola's little store down the street it used to seem like it was miles away but it was only two blocks and we would go in there and there'd be three or four of us and we thought we were the smartest kids on earth and we'd block for one another and hide for one another while one of us would take a snickers <coughs> hide it in our pocket put it in our sock you know what i'm talking about you might not have stole a snickers but you stole something and then that, it didn't end there. We got a little older. We learned how to sneak in the back door of a 7-Eleven and crawl behind the counter. And one of us would would distract the uh, the counter guy, and the rest of us we'd steal uh, Jack Daniels and and. Uh, different types of liquor and go out and get drunk that night thank God somewhere down the road the law of God came into my life that said thou shalt not steal and the moment that the law of God came into my life and destroyed the power of thievery that existed in my flesh I became free I was broken away I broke the chains of that lust of power that was over my life what I am trying to say to the church is that you can't cannot be free without the law don't you understand that the devil understands that that's why he's trying to get the church to teach that uh, you don't have to obey these things or do these things or change anything in your life or or obey anything at all Uh, none of that really matters he's trying to get that in the churches because Satan understands that the only thing that can break his power in your life is obedience to the law of God It's why God put His law in the kingdom. We don't just join the kingdom and have free reign to go and do and be and and whatever. Our lust of the flesh would take over all of that. The moment, the moment you join the kingdom of God, He begins to work in your life. He begins to move in your heart. He begins to touch your spirit. Bring conviction to your mind, and I'm closing. Bring conviction to your heart, and conviction to your spirit. And all of us here tonight know that it's when we break his law, not keep it. When we break it, it's when we find ourselves in bondage. When we go against the law of God. Is when we find ourselves in bondage. The deeper you subject yourself to the ways of God and the laws of God, of his righteousness and his righteous ways, and you begin to be obedient to that law and to that word more and more and more, the freer we are. The freer we are. Let's stand. Great commandment. He said, the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. As thyself and on these two commandments Hang all the law the prophets. <clears throat> when you look at the Ten Commandments The first set of the Ten Commandments Is about your relationship to God The second set is about your relationship to man Every commandment ever written In the word of God Deals either with your relationship to him Or your relationship to man Every law He said in verse 19 of Matthew 13, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Verse 23 of that same chapter, but he that receiveth seed into good ground is he that heareth the word, understandeth it, understandeth it which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold some sixty and some thirty for the son of man send out forth his angels and they shall gather out his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth then shall the righteous shine forth as the son of the kingdom of their father who hath ears to hear. Let them hear. The pastor gets up here and begins to preach and teach the word of God. About what God expects from us and how he expects us to live and the things that we should not yield ourselves to, our flesh to. You know what I've gotten to a habit of doing? I constantly... Having fun. I constantly tell myself, constantly, Lord, these are your eyes. I don't have the right to just let them look at anything. These are your eyes. Lord, these are your hands. I'm not kidding you, I do this. I did it several times today. I do it every day. Lord, these are your eyes. As men, you know what I'm talking about. We are constantly exposed to stuff. It doesn't matter where you go. There's naked women everywhere. These are his eyes. They may catch me on a glance, but I don't have to stare. You know, the other guy said, said, well, it's the second look that gets you, so I just keep looking the first time. I don't think that's how that works. These are your eyes. I will not subject you to this unrighteousness. This is your heart. I will not subject this heart to this unrighteousness. I will not let bitterness come in. I will not let jealousy come in. I will not let lust control my heart. Only through the word of God can you defeat these things in your life. You cannot do it just through prayer. And grace alone is not enough. If grace alone was enough, there would be not one single command in God's word. It would just be by grace are you saved. Yes, you're saved by grace. But do you want to stay saved? Then I suggest you obey He said, he that endures to the end, the same shall be said. Not he that begins, he that endures to the end. Talks about the dog going back to the vomit. It is the law of God. This is why, this is why you find, I'm so sorry, I got you standing. This would be my last statement. This is why you find yourself getting weak in the flesh when you stop reading his word. Because only the law of God can destroy the works of the flesh. Paul said, Such were some of you, but you have been washed. How are we washed? I know it refers to baptism. I understand that. But the Bible tells us we are washed by the word of God. When we bring the word of God into our life, his commands into our life, it destroys the power of the flesh. It gives us authority and it gives us power. You are the luckiest person on the earth to be a part of an apostolic church that preaches and teaches the word of God and every part of it. Amen. So let's pray. Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, we come before you. Lord, we have heard your word today. What we have learned about the kingdom is that you established your kingdom through the law. You brought your law God your judgment your word your commandments into the kingdom and it is through your commandments Lord that we have received freedom from our sins it is through the power of your law obeying the commandments of God that has set us free from the bondage of our flesh father I pray today that your blood would cover each and every one of us. Wash away, remit, remove, and forgive our sins. Let the Spirit abide within us to lead and guide us into thy law. Let the Spirit lead and guide us into all truth, which is your law. Father, we ask it, we pray it in the powerful name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ everybody say amen you want to strengthen your family get the word of god in your family read the word of god with your family and your family will be strengthened your children will be strengthened and they'll have power over the adversary to our guests we welcome you today it was good to have loose father and Luce and chris is it chris um Their father is with us. He was here Sunday. He enjoyed Travis Morgan so much. He came back Wednesday. So we'll find out if he's back on Sunday, how much he enjoyed tonight. And also to see, so good to see Sister Waller is all I know. I cannot say your first name, darling. Candace. I got it. Candace, right? It came. It came. Candace, it's good to see you. Jesus' name. All of our guests that are here, I know I'm missing some of you. Thank you for coming tonight. We love you in the wonderful name of Jesus. God bless you. Amen.